Welcome to the podcast of Real Life Ministries Arizona. Let's get ready for the message from this week's Sunday gathering. Opportunity for 
the second difference is he says, you know, when you were little children, I had a bunch of rules, right? Uh, these were the rules, um, the Ten Commandments and so on, that uh, were written on stone. So there's, they're external to me. But what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to indwell you directly. And I'm going to write those commandments in your heart. And what happened there was that not only were we given the will of God, which was communicated earlier in the Old Testament, but we actually now get to share in God's very heart, meaning God indwells us, right? And so um, because of that, um, worship, the worship of God's people changed. It shifted. And that's what we're doing this morning. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they focused on the bread and the wine. But in John's gospel, and, and you can look at John's gospel as the as a supplement to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, meaning all the things that are important that were not brought up in what are called the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John will supplement. And that's why he's the fourth gospel in the New Testament. And what's interesting is when you get to the Lord's Supper in John's Gospel, it's called the Upper Room Discourse. It's from John 13 through 17. It's a quarter of his whole Gospel. It's a huge section of his Gospel. Um, what's interesting is when he gives his version of the Lord's Supper, he actually doesn't mention the bread or the wine once. Rather, he focuses on the teaching. And the reason he was doing that was because the early church adopted a kind of meal from the Greeks, which was called a symposium. All right? And so early Christian worship was based after a symposium. Now, a symposium was where you would gather with friends and you would have a meal that would be given in, in several courses, but there also was space to talk about profound things. Now, some symposia were um, um, not virtuous, and, it, and the conversation went in a very worldly and even pornographic direction, right? But if you read Plato's works, for example, where when Plato would share food with his friends, they would talk about themes like love, right, or God. And so a symposium was an opportunity to come together, eat together, and have an elevated discussion, right? And so um, there would always be a master of ceremonies, and Jesus takes that role in the Gospels. Jesus is the master of ceremonies, right? And, and so when you read John 13 through 17, what's kind of funny is Jesus is doing a symposium. Master of ceremonies. But when you read the responses of the disciples, they're kind of in the dark. They don't know what's going on, right? When all they can do is kind of give ignorant questions and, you know, um, and they, they don't know what's happening. But Jesus promises that after he ascends to the right hand of the Father, who was he going to send to them? The Holy Spirit. Right? And he 
said that the Holy Spirit will come and teach you the deeper meaning of everything that I've taught you. And here's the point, folks, is the same Spirit that came upon those apostles, right? And you can look at Peter, for example. You know, he'll go on to portray Jesus in the Gospels. But when the Spirit comes upon Peter, he is transformed, right? He gives this brilliant sermon at Pentecost, um, representing the community. But the same Spirit that fell upon the apostles is also with us this morning. Sound good? Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Beautiful. So 
I just, I want to, before Troy comes up, I just want to encourage you, you know, don't feel obligated to share. Um, uh, we don't want to co be coercive in any way with that. But I also would just encourage you, if you feel any, anything that you notice, don't be afraid to share that. Um, because uh, there's, I don't know, I've been teaching the Bible for 30 some years. And uh, I get tired of hearing myself speak. <laughs> There's always going to be a need for someone to give a sermon and all that. And, and this was this isn't going to replace that sermon. But uh, I can't tell you how much joy it gives me as a minister when all of God's people are sharing. Right? So so please don't hold back. Um, I just yeah, I want to encourage you um, as the Spirit gives you some creative thing, feel free to share that. So I'm going to hand it over to you. Yeah, so as I was thinking about this morning, um, and we've been in, somewhat sort of been in Acts chapter 2 uh, for a few weeks now, uh, coming out of Easter um, and uh, heading into the book of Acts this summer. I, I was picturing that early church that Luke describes in Acts chapter 2, and I realized it, it dawned on me uh, as I was thinking about that group of people uh, and them gathering like this, that, that they didn't have
response to her was, wait, what, what does this have to do with me? My, my time has not yet come, I remember him saying, and that was interesting. It stuck with me, my, my time has not yet come. Uh, but, but Mary just continued on, and she looked over at the servants who were nearby and, and simply said, just do exactly what he tells you. And she walked away. Jesus stood there for a moment, watching her go, and then he turned to the servants, and he, and he pointed out these six stone jars that were nearby. They were massive. They held 20 to 30 gallons of water apiece, and they were used for ceremonial washing, a Jewish custom and rite back in our day. And Jesus addressed the servants and said, fill, fill the jars, just, just fill them up. And they did. It took them a lot of trips. Six massive stone jars, 20 to 30 gallons, bringing bucket after bucket to fill them. But they did, and they filled them to the brim. And as soon as they were full, Jesus turned to one of the servants and he said, Now draw some out and take it. morning and uh, it, I thought it was very interesting that that actually Jesus changed his mind or whatever he was going to do at the request of his mom uh. <laughs> and I thought I was a little confused because I thought well if, if God knows everything and God has a plan and God has you know knows from beginning to end what's going to happen but yet still with the request, he changed his mind as to what he was going what his, he was going to do. So I thought, you know, uh, do I really pray that he's really listening? That his heart can be moved. Right. I think the confidence, you know, we're Protestants, we probably neglect Mary. 
and a Catholic friend's probably overemphasized, but um, just the, the confidence he had. And I just, it's had a totally worldly, um, you know, co corollary, I suppose, is, is Michael Jordan's mom. We saw the movie Air, and she's like, and again, totally worldly kind of sense, but she's like, you don't realize what you have. <laughs> and she goes, but I do. I've seen it since then. So she had that just imminent confidence. Uh, no, and so God had obviously clearly revealed it to Mary. And um, uh, it just kind of, so it's just for some reason, as you're reading, it just struck me that she, there was no doubt in her mind what was going to happen. Because that could be really embarrassing. Master just it goes, yeah, it's water. <laughs> <You know>? So, <laughs> but John, it also occurred to me, uh, a lot of Jewish friends growing up, I'm like, don't cross a Jewish mother when she's made up her mind. <laughs> That's the other thing. something I'll take us in a little different direction Steve whispered in my ear no party we've ever had have we run out of wine <laughs> and um, the confessionals yeah no and we um, have been a household that have thrown a lot of parties and a lot of big parties and um, interest interesting enough in like since the beginning of February we, we wanted to really look at, you know, some of our gray area drinking. We weren't drinking to get drunk, but just how we connected wine with celebration. And we have found in taking a pause and really re-looking at that, it's, it's not wine that brings the celebration. It's all the sweetness of life. It's Jesus there amidst us. It's our friendships. It's his unconditional love. So that when we've taken pause, it's all just as sweet and wonderful. But for me in this story, it's like Jesus provided what was needed. And for us, we're not, we're not needing more wine. We're needing just the reality that he keeps his promises and that he's sufficient and we don't have to rely on ourselves. That's what we need. I saw a passage that after the servants bring the wine and or the bring the water and they find out it's wine, the servants knew what had happened. And to me that just felt like the Lord also knows like those of us or myself behind the scenes and shows his glory that way quiet 
in in a different way than like everything's got good wine. It's like these guys knew that sweetness of God's love. chosen by God, but she's just like us. All she knew is that he was going to do something that was going to be the right thing, because she knew that her son was the Savior. Chateau Margaux of 20 BC. <laughs> <laughs> but his whole childhood is missing from the Gospels, right? Like we don't get a glimpse into Jesus as a child. Like Mary sure did. Treasured it all the time. This goes back to some of what some of you guys have been talking about already. Like God had been building this knowledge of what was happening.
Back over early things. Three seconds left. Give the ball to Jordan. Thank you. step in this process is I'm going to release you guys by tables to go and get some food and then we'll come back and just enjoy each other's company at the table. Uh, you can continue talking about this passage. You can talk about graduation. You can talk about future plans. Uh, whatever the topic of conversation is. But, uh, I just want to leave room for one or two more thoughts maybe. I really like that last comment. I was gonna say, I kind of wonder how many times Mary would have um, would have asked Jesus, like her just knowing all this time, I think that he was, you know, something really special. Like just, you know, how many times would she have asked him, hey, you know, could you help out here? And how, how many times did he say, oh, it's not my time yet? I mean, I just kind of wonder if, if she, you know, was aware that, that he had just been baptized, and you know, that then he could, you know, actually start his ministry. And, and her prayer was possibly finally answered. But then, you know.
quality of it. Uh, to me, it just spoke of completion or perfection. And then I thought about the work that he wants to do in us. Yeah. And it's a work that he wants to do to completion and to perfection. And I think that sometimes for me, I kind of get from water to, you know, some Boone's Farm grape quality and kind of just want to call it good enough because getting the rest of the way is a lot more work um, and a lot deeper <laughs> digging. Um, but that's not Jesus' intention. Uh, his intention is to bring that work in us to completion. So that in this world, get a taste of Jesus' followers, that they go, now this is the best. You have saved the best for last. Kind of reaction because of what? Because of love. Because of the way he has moved in our hearts. And we're, and, and this goes to the other part of it. The other piece that stood out to me was the fact that Mary told the servants, do whatever he tells you. That's basically the call to us, is it not? The Mount of Transfiguration, and the disciples are trying to figure out what to do. What does God say? He says, this is my son. Listen to him. And I think those two things go together. He has this work that he wants to do in us. He wants to bring it to completion. That it's, that it's the best. That there's no doubt. is the part of the servants to listen to him to, to do what he says uh, in the way he says and that's the way we cooperate with him in that process of sanctification in the process of growing us up I don't know enough about wine to talk about what wasn't in the wine or was in the wine to make it great uh, but there's probably something in there for us
Thank you for joining us. Real Life Arizona is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. For more information about Real Life, please visit our website at reallifearizona.com or email us at info at reallifearizona.com. May God richly bless you.